Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy and Romance, and everywhere that it intersects. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm. Ah, delicious. So today is Friday. Friday! <laughs> December 18th, when next we speak, it will be the solstice, the turning point of the year, also the longest night. So it would be a perfectly wonderful time to uh, read The Long Night of the Crystalline Moon and tell your friends to read it. I'm um, making good progress still on Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince sequel. To the long night of the crystalline moon, which would be an appropriate read for uh, the longest night. <laughs> uh, I did well again yesterday. I made it through like 74 pages. Like the day before I made it through 76 and yesterday I made it through 74 or vice versa. I'm not brilliant at math in my head. I mean, I'm decent at math, but I'm going to say that that's an average of 75 pages. Throwing it out there. So yeah, uh, the revision's going pretty fast. It's um, going at a good pace. I just need to get like um, 66 pages reviewed today and another 66 Monday to be done. I might get more than that done today because it's earlier than usual. Those of you on the Instagram live video, hi, uh, will note that it is just 7.30 in the morning here. I woke up early. I woke up early feeling refreshed and raring to go. I even cuddled in and tried to go back to sleep and did the dream think. Uh, have I talked about that on here? Probably. I feel like I've talked about everything on here, but uh, you never know who's new and listening. So for those of you who have read The Orchid Throne and The Fiery Crown, I know none of you have read The Promised Queen yet, but it's actually going to be not all that much longer before arcs are out for that. But um, my queen, Euthalia, Leah, uh, talks about the dream sink. And I gave that to her because I do that. Uh, I can't actually do magic and influence nature around me. I tried. I have tried. You know, it's like tried to send my consciousness out to bring rain to the parched desert. Um, it'd be nice if it worked that way. I do try to, uh, I don't know, set positive intentions and that sort of thing. But a lot of times what I do if I'm cuddling there in bed and it's a cold winter morning and I don't necessarily want to bounce out of bed but I'm awake, um, I will dream to think on stories. And that's kind of fun because it's like, a, it's kind of like daydreaming except, I don't know, daydreaming never really feels like daydreaming to me you know it's like what people call daydreaming um yeah i don't know what do you guys think i mean sometimes i i do get in my head and i think about stories and i you know like run 
conversations with my characters and that kind of thing. But I don't know, like the Walter Mitty kind of daydreaming thing. I don't do that so much. Sometimes I imagine like, I guess I do have like spins fantasies of like really super cool things happening. <laughs> like living in a villa on the Mediterranean or something like that. Or somebody calling me up and offering me like this really fantastic movie deal. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I will do some kinds of daydreaming like that, you know, where I think, I imagine like Taylor Swift reading one of my books and calling me up and wanting to give me lots of money. <laughs> Those sorts of things. But back to the dream think. I do dream think on my stories. I do mold them and let them turn and tumble in my mind. And um, it's, it's semi-guided. It's probably like a stage one or two sleep, possibly. Um, I do know whereof I speak, having done uh, EEGs before, back in the days when I uh, taught physiology labs when I was a neurophysiology grad student, my previous life. So, yeah, it's, um, sometimes I try to direct my mind to like a particular plot problem I'm trying to solve, but mostly it's, um, it's more fun than that. It's, it's just, um, the dream thinking the story. I probably don't have a better way to explain it than that. So, let's see. I have been, speaking of the dream think, dream thinking up two new stories. Um, <laughs> both of them totally different than anything that I am working on, which is kind of unusual for me. But, you know, Golden Griffin is done, and I need to turn to revising Dark Wizard, and I don't want to think about that too hard until I finish the Golden Griffin revision. But I have this idea for this new story I want to write. Um, something that would be closer to Petals and Thorns than about anything I've written since. Um, be kind of very sexy and gothic and dark. And it's such a good idea, you guys. I don't know why I'm whispering. <laughs> Uh, I don't want the fates to overhear me. I actually haven't told anyone about this idea because it's still in that fragile baby face where uh, it can't be shaken. I might as well tell you guys about that while I'm on the topic. I've written blog posts on it before and I've talked to people about it before, but I think it's worth visiting frequently. Uh, there's a quote that I like, and I, of course, I can't remember who said it. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to think of it. And it's, it's in a book right behind this closet door, but it would be really obnoxious and loud for me to get it out. Uh, so if I remember, I will put it in the show notes uh, who said it. But the quote is, be careful of giving your fire away too soon. 
be careful of giving your fire away too soon. And that's because when you get a story idea and it is this, you guys know how it feels like it's this burning fire. It's, it, it's like a little sun. It's full of brightness and, and it's fun to, to sort of hold it like a little ball of fire in your hand and admire the shine and warm yourself on it and toss it around a little bit. Um, but if you give it away to someone else too soon, uh, it can dim the fire or put it out entirely. And people talk about this a lot, that if they talk about, an, you know, whatever you want to call this, like an inspiration, that if you talk about an inspiration too soon, and too soon means, how do you know? You don't know, but you sort of have to develop a sense for this. Uh, if you talk about it too soon, then it it can go out. You can lose that fire uh, of the shiny idea. So, so there's a delicate space in there because you want to nurture this wonderful idea that you got, but without, can't hold it too tightly, right? Or you put the fire out. So you sort of have to nurture it, feed it kindling and give it stuff to burn and you work on it and you grow it and, uh, and you begin to write it. So one of the things that's tempting to do as a writer is to take this thing that you have started to write, or even that you're still mulling about, or you're writing an outline or whatever your process is, and to show it to somebody else and say, what do you think of this idea? And this is when I talk about shaken baby syndrome, which I know is like a gross and a bit over the top analogy, but I think it's a really good analogy because your new story that you've just started to write or outline or work up is like a newborn baby. And you know, you know how to take care of your newborn baby. You know how to support its head and you can hand your baby to somebody else and say, what do you think of my new baby? And the thing is, is you don't hand your newborn baby to just anybody, right? You want to give your newborn baby to somebody who understands that it's still just a little baby um, <laughs> and, and will be careful and support its head and won't drop your baby. Or worse, somebody who will take your baby and hold it upside down by the feet and shake it and say, yeah, but look. It can't walk. It can't talk. It's shitting itself. <laughs> like all of the things, you know, that, that babies do. And, and they're like, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't a fully grown adult. It's just a baby. And you're like, yeah, I, I know it's, <laughs> it's just a baby idea. And meanwhile, um, now your baby has shaken baby syndrome and it may never be the same again. And in a story, this can be, I, I know so many people that this has happened to, and I was talking with someone about it just recently where she's a newbie writer and she was uh, writing. I'd seen an early draft of her story 
and I had said she she paid me to to read an early draft of her story, and I said um, she had good ideas in there, and I said you know you just need to write this, you need to keep. I said I'm not going to even give you any critique now because I knew this was a very young, it was even a premature baby, if we want to extend the analogy. This baby was not even close to being ready to be off the ventilator, right? Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's like sometimes a new idea is still on the ventilator and you have to protect it from germs and, you know, feed it intravenously and whatever you want to add to the analogy. And that's basically what I told her. I said, you know, you need to gestate this baby some more, you know, put it back in there <laughs> and take care of this baby. And I said, just keep writing this story. I said, I think you need to just keep writing it, um, which is essentially, you know, feeding the idea, feeding the story. So, and I said, you know, when you're ready, I'll look at it again. I said, but just write on it some more, cook this baby some more. and. So she did and she disappeared and she didn't come back to me for a very long time. And then she just came back recently and she said, well, what happened is, is I gave that story. I wrote on it some more, like you told me to. And she said, and I was really happy with it. And then I gave it to a friend of mine to read. And my friend basically rewrote the story. <laughs> and I was like, new, new, um, shaken baby syndrome the the friend basically rewrote the story and she said uh the author said she said i was so upset she said i looked at it because of course now her her baby was brain damaged i'm sorry if it's an offensive analogy um you know she said i couldn't i can't even look at it now she said i can't i can't even and and i felt all the sympathy because it's a real thing and it really sucks when that happens to your your bright and shiny and idea. And, and she asked me if I thought that she could retrieve it, you know, if she could make it better. And I said, um, maybe, you know, and I told her the shaken baby analogy. And I said, what I would suggest is to get rid of that version that the friend read, that the friend rewrote. I said, delete all copies of it. If it's on paper, put it in the fireplace and burn it. Um, remove all evidence from the world. And if there are things that are stuck in your head, like your friend said something like, yeah, but it can't even walk yet. Um, or whatever it is that you're thinking about. And you guys know what I mean. Like when you go back to the story and you hear those voices in your head, and, you know, with somebody saying, yes, but it doesn't have a good plot or it should start with action or, you know, like whatever it is that's getting in your way, write those things down on a piece of paper and burn them. And I swear this works. I have done this. Um, I don't know why it works, but it does. And, and psychologists use this all the time. You know, like if you have things that you want to say to somebody that you don't feel like you can say, you know, you, you write it all out in a letter and then you burn it. And it, it just does something to help disconnect us from this thing. That's being hard to let go of. So I, that's why I told her, I said, you know, anything that's still stuck in your head, write those down and burn them, remove all vestiges of this rewritten version. Don't 
ever look at it again and go back to your version of the story before the friend read it. I said, and maybe, maybe you can, uh, I don't know, where, where are we going with this analogy? We don't want it to be like a zombie baby or a Frankenstein baby. Uh, but, you know, like maybe there's a little bit of life in the baby yet, you know, and we can uh, add some more uh, glucose or saline and, <laughs> but whatever. I, I suppose it would be fine to hook it up to a bolt of lightning and see if you bring that baby back to life. So I think that that is, um, you know, that's where we depart from the analogy because it's not a baby, it's a story. And you can resurrect it, but sometimes what it takes is removing, removing those negative feelings and thoughts about the story. And, and yes, I have done this. I, I had a critique partner once uh, who made me feel so bad about a book, you know, and actually it was Orchid Throne. If, if that's um, helpful at all. Uh, it was an early version of Orchid Throne and there was just so much, um, you know how you can tell when somebody like has this toxic subtext and it may even not have anything to do with you or the story, but it's just like whatever they're going through. Um, there was so much anger behind these comments and I felt bad at the time that we discussed it. And then later I pulled out the printed out pages and started reading through the comments and immediately got that sick feeling in my stomach. Um, and I thought, this is not good. So what did I do? What did I do, children? I burned that fucker. So that is the, uh, and it made me feel better. That made me feel better, and I was able to move on and just pretend like I never heard any of those comments about Orchid Throne. Even though, let me hasten to add, some of them were not bad comments. There were helpful things in there, but the negative intent behind it um, made anything useful moot at that point. So I... Um, I just, I couldn't have any of it because all of it was tainted. And sometimes that's what you have to do. So those are my thoughts today on uh, inspiration and the new shiny idea. Am I going to start writing on this new shiny idea? I don't know. Uh, those of you who have been listening for a long time know that I've been toying with trying to write something later in the day. Um, or at another point in time, um, I tend to be someone who writes on one thing until it's done. I don't divide my attention well, but there's no room in my schedule to write this new shiny and I would like to write it. And it's different enough from the other stuff I'm writing that maybe, maybe this is a time to try it, a new resolution for the new year. So um, on that note, I am going to go after my revision on Golden Griffin and the Bear King, <gasps> Bear Prince. Sorry, he's not king yet, Bear Prince. And I will talk to you all on Monday. I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all Monday. I said that. Take care. 
Bye-bye.